Welcome back, everybody, to a new episode of the Moves and Brews podcast, where we talk movies. And we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and standing me through the screen here is Tootsie. Hey. Hello, hello. My adoring fans. (laughs) Come on, now, give us your best Tootsie voice. Come on. I I can't do the Tootsie voice. (laughs) I tried mimicking it to Shiloh, but I couldn't. All right. Well, yes, today we are continuing watching the uh, series on HBO Max called The Movies, and we're going to be talking some 80s flicks today, as well as Tootsie. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and you're just not what we're looking for. You're just not what we're looking for. We want someone else. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) So you got a drink here, Daniel? Yeah, I just got my Hop, Hop Valley Bubble Stash, tall boy. So I've got a repeat as well. Look what's new in the can as of the last week. Breakside, oh, Beast. Yeah, you can get this in four pack cans now. Woo-woo. How much? Mm, I'll say 12. That sounds about right. I'm like, man, I hope he says like $10 and not like $14 and like 12. I'm like, well, yeah, all right, split the difference, whatever. I'd still pay for it. It's three bucks a can. I mean, the pint size. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Delicious, but yes. What rough beasts now in a can, which is perfect, because, yeah, I just don't always want to drink a 22. Mm. It's fair enough. So good. So good. Well, um, I'm trying to think here. You don't want to talk any – there's been at least two new trailers, I think, that came out this week. I mean, are we? We haven't really, we haven't, we've kind of skipped any sort yeah, we're kind of, of skipping that. I don't know if you want to talk about any new trailers or not, uh, eh. but we, we can skip it and save it for after we're, we're done with the docuseries. It'll be sure. around still. Yeah. There'll, there'll still be trailers out there. So in preparing for this episode, not only did I watch the episode, but I also watched four movies that they talked about. Jesus That's right. Christ. Four 80s films. One I've seen several times. Back two, in I have, two I've only seen once before, and I was nice to go back and rewatch. And then one I saw for the first time. All right. Tell me, the one that you watched has watched several times before. So. Was it a Tom Cruise movie, or was it Back to the Future? Neither. Okay. All right. All right. Well. So, well, last week, Daniel, uh, I want to announce that I made my debut back to the cinema. I went and saw a movie in theaters last week. Did there's you? Was not in Oregon. You had to go to Washington, but there's a little private theater up there playing some movies, and I went and saw a little film from the '80s called The Empire. Strikes back. Dang, you said you went to a private show? Private theater, like private owned theater. Oh, nice. But I had an entire row to myself. 
the row in front of me was blocked off, the row behind me was blocked off, and I was like center row, center, center. Perfect. Nice. Nobody else around, and I just went, and I had a good time. I actually, uh, before, the night before, I sat down and watched A New Hope, because I hadn't watched that in a while. It had actually been a few years since I watched OT Star Wars, so watched A New Hope, and then the next night, boom, Empire Strikes Back on the big screen. Nice. And it was amazing. That's badass. That's, I'm, that's what I was telling you about. I'm like, I don't really want to go back to a theater still, but... If I'm just like, oh, but if it was fucking seeing an OG Star Wars film in theaters, I would go. <laughs> I oh, would just that. be having a stick, like, get the fuck away from me. But at the same get, time, get I'm this. Buy about five dollars. Five. <sighs> that kills I bought me. three tickets just to support them. <laughs> I'm like, at five bucks a piece, fifteen bucks to go see Empire on the big screen, worth it. That's fucking sweet. So yeah, so awesome. So it felt so good to sit in that movie theater again. So yeah, this place is called the Liberty. Like I think it's just Liberty Theater is what it's called up in Camas, Washington. Check them out, support them. Yeah, they're not playing Empire anymore, but you can go see. And I think they're playing like a Stevie Nicks live thing. <laughs> Actually, that was oh, is, is that so much better? <laughs> you can go see the new uh, Bill and Ted face the music. Yeah, I see those. No thanks. I mean, well, I heard that's actually pretty fun, but, you know, it's not Star Wars. No. Well, they will be, I think, starting Friday for a few days playing The Nightmare Before Christmas, a few different showings. So any yeah. Tim, Tim Burton Nightmare fans out there, check it out. There you go. But yeah, felt good to return to the theater, though. I was very excited that night. Nice. All righty, well... So, the 80s, and um, let me pull out my notes here. Took some notes. Talked about a lot of films during this uh, decade. And now we're kind of getting a more familiar territory for me and you, I know, especially me, I think. Right. Stuff I know, like, the, a lot of the stuff is either, like, old Tom Cruise movies that you've shown me, and a few, like, obviously, like, handful of, like, other movies, you know, like, Back to the Future and stuff like that. But... As far as like anything out, my main focus in the 80s is mostly horror. So I love mm -hmm. the horror that came out of the 80s. But I don't have much like experience with like 80s critically acclaimed films. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you do. After seeing some Tootsie. Oh, man. What up? This decade was huge in moves. I mean, you saw the rise of. Just comedies in general, and they kind of hit on this how all these like, different types of comedies were coming out in the '80s. I mean, you had your your teen sex comedy, you had spoofs, ensembles, import comedies like Fish Out of Water stories. Just all these different comedies. Saturday Night Live was you were starting to see with like the Blues Brothers. Hey, let's turn this sketch into a full length film. Yeah, and you saw you know all these actors from Saturday Night Live like the early days just being in all these different comedies, you know, your Steve Martins, your Dan Aykroyd's, Bill Murray. Yeah, I know. It's just, I, okay, I have seen a few. Because now I understand, did you watch, sorry, I remember seeing this, I'm like, I didn't watch that, who watched that? Did you watch Coming to America? <laughs> I still have never seen that, actually. Oh, I guess somebody else watched it on my, uh, on my profile on HBO. 
because I was looking at that and I'm like, oh, that may be one of the movies that he watched. No, I added it to my uh, must-watch list, but I have not seen it yet. Yeah, I didn't get the Bill, Bill Murray comedy or uh, Eddie Murphy comedies. I kind of wish I had, but I don't know. The other four ended up happening instead because to this day, I've never seen 48 Hours or Beverly Hills Cop. And for those of you going like, what the hell? Uh, check out our one of our past episodes, 10 movies we're ashamed to say we never saw or we still have never seen. And Beverly Hills Cop is on my list. Oh, I did, however, speaking of that list, knock off the, the movie I'd never seen before. I knocked off of my top of that top 10 list. So I don't know. I want you to take some guesses of what this movie might be. It's a movie Daniel enjoys. Of what you knocked off your list? Yeah. Well, just, just in general, like what's, what's a, what did I, an 80s movie that I've never seen before that I saw that you, I know you've seen and you enjoy? The first thing that comes to mind is Evil Dead. Oh, wait, no, but I had you watch Evil Dead. Yep, seen it. You've seen Blade Runner. It's one of Daniel's, think of stuff you like. It's one of Daniel's favorites from the 80s. Well, well, I'm thinking of just like 80s, and it's like 80s horror is what I I live in. There's another one, though, that Daniel loves. Well, is it like... It it does uh revolve around a dead body. Oh, you saw Stand by Me. Stand by Me. I watched that last night. Dude, that is so much fun. I need to watch that. Overdue. That was a good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed myself quite a bit. But yes, I have finally seen Stand by Me. I oh gosh, it was it was so much fun to sit down and watch that movie too. Kind of funny saying too. I met at a friend of mine's office. She can access it after hours, and there's a huge TV screen in the lobby area. So we, it's a, it's like a real estate agent office. We rolled up these two like really nice, um, like lounge seats, and yeah, I was just able. The computer's hooked up to the giant uh, TV. They can use as a monitor. So I just logged into my Amazon account, and we watched Stand by Me. <laughs> Dude, that sounds that sounds fun. It was cool. Yeah, we uh, we uh, well, so what happened is we she wanted to take me out for drinks for my birthday, and by the time she was off work, we only had time to go get one. Right. Just because everything closes at ten nowadays, so yeah. we ended up going to Fred Meyer's, grabbing some ice cream and more beer, and uh, yeah, went back to her office and we uh, sucked it all up, and we watched some Stand by Me. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, what a fun movie, though. What a fun movie. And it's narrated... Who's it narrated by again? Uh, I can look it up here real quick. I have IMDb up. I thought the... Stand by me. Yeah. Let's see. River Phoenix, Corey Feldman, Jerry... Richard Dreyfus. Yes, from Jaws, Close Encounters, American Graffiti... Yeah, guy who's been around. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it such a fun movie. I still remember one of my one of my favorite like Family Guy episodes is when they're spoofing a bunch of novels. I think they're just spoofing Stephen King novels, and the one of the ones they do is Stand by Me, which just cracks. Oh, me. is that when they're all like kids, like little rascal sized kids, or because don't they do a little rascal thing too? I think so. I don't remember, but yeah. Oh gosh, so much fun! But yeah, I enjoyed that movie quite a bit, though. Uh, just fun, you know. 
coming of age story, little boys going on an adventure. And yeah, just all like the back and forth banter is just hilarious. Yeah, like kids not talking like, gee whiz, man. It's like, no, when you're with your friends, you're like, no, fuck you. You're an asshole. Exactly. <laughs> it's one of like the first ones. I think The Goonies was the first movie that I saw growing up that was like, oh, like kids just talking like adults is what I thought. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, this is just how kids talk to each other. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I also love Stand By Me because like the whole story is like, hey, man, I heard there's a dead body. You want to go check it out? Yeah, and as a kid, you're just like, hell yeah. (laughs) For sure, yeah. 1959, no internet yet, barely any TV. You're like, dead body? Yeah. Sounds awesome. Especially when you live in some rural-ass town that nothing ever happens in. In Oregon. No. Oregon. (laughs) I enjoyed it quite a bit, though. So that that was a fun one. Um, The other one I watched... So we'll save Tootsie for, uh, you know, big Tootsie talk. But the other one I watched that I have, I probably haven't watched since my early 20s was The Breakfast Club. Have not seen it since then. And I originally remember watching it and kind of thinking it was, mm, it was all right, kind of boring. Watched it again. And I got to say, liked it so much better this time around. So much better. I yeah. mean, it's actually like really sharp as far as dialogue and everything go. And just how you see all these kids evolve in a matter, you know, they're supposed to be in an eight-hour detention. And just the character development that happens in one day of detention is incredible. Yeah. And I I was reading up that uh, apparently John Hughes wrote the screenplay for this movie in two days. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's like, that's the thing. It's like, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Two days for a screenplay to make Breakfast Club. Yeah, it's such a good screenplay that I'm like, oh man, he must have been you know, writing this for a long time, just making the you know, coming back, doing draft of the draft. Two days, he wrote, at least to, to write a draft of it. It's like, what the hell? That's, that's crazy, but awesome. But yeah, great. Ca- I mean, everybody is like on their A game as far as acting. I mean, you could say it's Michael Michael Anthony Hall being Michael Anthony Hall, but he still brings something to this geek character. And the same goes for Ringwald and just all the rest of them. Just what what a great cast and great time just watching them all. Yeah. I mean, I actually just rounded out my Brat Pack viewing this year by seeing Pretty in Pink because I'd never seen that one. Yeah. But I've seen uh, Breakfast Club quite a few times. Have you? Yeah, I'm good. I actually have a uh, uh, sitting over there. Bought the Steelbook Collector's Edition of it, thirty-fifth anniversary edition of it. Nice. Yeah. So it'll be in our digital library for your viewing anytime you want. Yay! Yeah. That's right. Like I, I've seen it a bunch because that was one of that's again. Growing up with Kylie, if I wanted to watch TV, I usually had to watch what she wanted to watch because she would bully me. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one of the movies she liked to watch all the time was Breakfast Club. Nice. Well, so, yeah, let's talk about, so, I'm under the impression, you know, you had Disney, you had, you know, you've, we've all seen their live-action family cheeseball movies from back in the day. We've all seen those. The Shaggy right. Dog and all that kind of bullcrap. So, basically, you had a lot of movies for adults and children. Not too much for in between the teenager. And this is where John Hughes comes in and is like, we're going to start making movies for teenagers that are about teens, what they're going through. I mean, and John Hughes just hit after hit. I mean, 
Walla Ringwald was his go-to girl, teenage girl for this kind of stuff. You had 16 Candles, Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, just one hit after another. And it's kind of crazy to think that they weren't really making a lot of teen movies at the time because, you know, kids' movies, they get their parents, they dread get their parents to take them to the theaters adults have their own money but teenagers they don't have a ton of money but they definitely have enough money to go see movies with their friends right so it just well, seems like an obvious thing that they have their own money to do things with right and you said you 80s is definitely a time i mean they touch on it a little bit with fast times at richmond high is you see they with starting with around animal house in 1978 you see the rise of the teen sex comedy right and I mean, Fast Times being, I mean, I love Fast Times. I was actually, um, went back and forth between watching Stand By Me last night or Fast Times, a movie I've seen several times versus never seen, but I was like, ah, oh, but I'm just in the mood. It's Fast Times. I mean, it's such a good movie. Yeah. I mean, I've only seen it the one time, but I did enjoy it. You gotta watch it again. I think you'll like it even more the second time around. I probably would. But yeah, I mean, and what what better audience than like horny teenagers especially for the teen sex comedy um genre because i think we've talked about this on the show before but back in that day you know you didn't just pull out this little device out of your pocket and uh go look at some titties you had to like seek it out you had to figure out whose friend had the pervious dad who had a big stack of playboys underneath the bathroom sink or you'd sneak out and go see movies like Fast Times and all the National Lampoon movies. I mean, that was how you saw a luscious pair of titties back in the day. There was no you Pornhub or Pornhub and all that stuff. You poor bastard. The struggle was real. <laughs> You're like, we're just so horny. <laughs> just... Yeah. <laughs> and if god all right we should probably move away <laughs> well hey you know what lingerie ads in the sunday paper used to be a thing ugh. ugh. teenage boys would steal those when mom was done looking at them take them away and take them back to his room and beat off to him wonderful so beautiful nice thought <laughs> hey it's what we had to do in the 80s what can i say not that i was doing that in the 80s i was a kid <laughs> yeah you were like born in the 80s <laughs> Definitely wasn't beaten off till the 90s. By that time, you had grunge music to get all that horniness out, too. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm so got all these bottled up things. Oh, yeah, Footloose as well. So, but, and one thing they talked about in the documentary was a lot of these 80 movies aimed at teens, they also made sure they were just packed full of good songs for a killer soundtrack to sell. And you saw, like, soundtracks that would go, or, yeah, soundtracks in the 80s would go platinum, like, Breakfast Club or Footloose, Top Gun. Right. You know, again, it just seems another thing kind of weird, like kind of almost grandpa-ish at this point. Like, yeah, you know, people used to buy physical media, not just jump on Spotify and listen to it. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't seem, to me at least, that doesn't seem too far in the past at all. I mean, I'm still, I don't know, I have all, every CD I've ever bought pretty much in a box. In a box, but still. I've got the physical library still. So do I, because I just love the physical attributes of buying movies and buying um, buying CDs. But a lot of people don't care anymore. Yeah, true. But yeah. speaking of Top Gun, though, 
we see a young star rise in the 80s by the name of Tom Cruise. Tommy Cruise. Which, talk about hit after hit. I mean, they t- they talked they they touched on him. They talked about how he uh, worked with so many great directors right up front. Um, Risky Business is he was in a couple of movies before Risky Business, but Risky Business is really the one that just made him a star, put him He's out like, there. Oh man, this guy can act. But uh, let's see, yeah, because he was in Taps in the eighties, Outsiders. Um, but yeah, Risky Business is what just threw him out there. Then, of course, you've got Top Gun, another just huge hit of the decade. Mm. Then, then, which, you know, he worked with the late Tony Scott on that one. And then he had him working with uh, Scorsese on The Color of Money. And uh, trying to to his name. The guy that directed Rain Man. Pull it up here. Barry Levinston. Or Levinson. And then to follow that up, working with Oliver Stone, born on the 4th of July, which that was actually another one I was thinking of watching last night. I've still never seen that one. I uh, Neither have I, and I I would be curious. I think it's on um, Prime right now. But yeah, born on the 4th of July. But yeah, just one hit after another with directors. I mean, I don't know. Tom Cruise started in the 80s, and I mean, he's, for, in my eyes, has been in pretty much almost all good movies. There's been a few... Yeah, here and there, but both Day for the night, most part, not good. No, but for the most part, though, it's just been one hit after another, and he does great in all of them. And uh, I don't know, a lot of his movies are just fun, and that's what I, you know, that's why we go to the movies. And like I said, like I would say, my obviously the <laughs> my top pick for bad. Well, okay, like Day and Night was not a good Tom Cruise movie, and I guess Mission Impossible is kind of its own thing because there's his big action franchise which still is good besides like the first one's kind of like dated super dated mission second impossible? one i absolutely hate i talking about mission impossible yeah mission impossible movies i still do not like the second mission impossible movie after re- I remember re- watching it as a kid i'm like this is awesome watching it as an adult i'm like this is laughably horrible mm-hmm. and a lot of try and defend it but like no it's really bad but then they course correct with the third one then they kind of just have that tone of just like it just they'd still get better and better i the sixth one is still like awesome uh, fallout is amazing yeah that, i love that movie <laughs> i know i want to go through them again like we did before we saw fallout because that was a lot risk- of fun now i've turned your risky business right I've, I've made you watch this oh yeah this is one of my favorite, not only favorite 80s movies, but favorite movies ever. This is probably top 10, definitely top 20 for me. I don't know what it is about this movie, Daniel, but I love Risky Business so much. Paul Brickman only did a couple films, but he wrote and directed this, and it was a masterpiece in my mind. You have Tangerine Dream doing the score. But yeah, Tom Cruise and Rebecca uh, De Mornay just have such great chemistry in this movie. All his like circle of friends, they're all great. They're all well cast. And then, of course, you got uh, Guido the Killer Pimp. Yeah. Best, best pimp ever in any movie. <laughs> Guido the Killer Pimp. But, yeah, one of my favorite movies ever. Came out, uh, I believe, the same year I was born. Yeah, 1983. Look at that. August 5th. So it came out just two months before I was born. Nice. Whoa. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I know. We've, I've only watched it once, but I did really enjoy it. In the 80s, man, just chock full. Of, like, especially when you start getting into like weird action movies, like Escape from New York comes out in 81. 
And there's just so many movies. Like, I, I feel like a lot of the movies I like from the 80s are just not critically acclaimed. But one thing I, I didn't think of till they mentioned in the doc was 80s was the dawn of the shirtless ripped guy, the shirtless, you know, yoked up muscle guy, Stallone, Schwarzenegger. I mean, you know, you'd see that occasionally like Sean Connery as James Bond in bed with a lady and no shirt on, hairy chest and whatever, but he wasn't like tone ripped. He wasn't yoked. He had a good form, but he wasn't like yeah. he wasn't I mean, like he, how when you get hired for a Marvel movie now, part of your contract is all right, get yoked. Yeah, like, yeah, like like I'm not you know I'm not saying he was out of shape. He wasn't out of shape at all. He was in good shape, good health, could be an agent, was believable as an agent. But that, but yeah, he wasn't like Rambo, like brah, just veins popping. Ah, exactly. Which again we refer to as the Marvel. The Marvel movie person now. Yeah, basically. Well, DC too. Shit. Well, DC. I mean, they made J.K. Simmons do it for the role of fucking. She's like Commissioner Gordon. Gordon. Jesus. <laughs> I still find that hilarious. I mean, he's probably happy to be in great shape now, but he was like, "All right, for cool, Commissioner Gordon." I, I mean, I guess if that's what they want me to do. I mean, he still looked pretty ripped and uh, uh, whiplash. Whiplash. I'm like, did you do do what the fuck? Whiplash. Yeah. But oh man. I don't know. There's so much I guess I like the eighties because like while we get like going like sixties, seventies, and eighties, we're kinda getting like, oh, like these are critically acclaimed movies. There's tons and tons of like really good movies like that, like they say like, you know, change cinemas. Then you hit the eighties and we just get so much weird stuff. You know, like it's still great maybe not like gone with the wind type of like this is one of my favorite decades ever for movies i mean you have james cameron terminator that decade the abyss his a james cameron's alien sequel is amazing uh beetlejuice beetlejuice willow tim burton yeah willow the lost boys I mean, obviously, you get, like, The Shining right at the beginning, The Labyrinth. It's just, like, such a weird-ass decade that has so... This, like... Two two of the three OT Star Wars movies. I mean, this really, like, pretty much... Like, the, the 80s is almost the decade of the cult classic. Yeah. Like, that's pretty much, like, what it is in my mind. Like, obviously, Evil Dead is my Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking that, too. Maybe it's something to do with when we were born. But, yeah, I mean, I look back at 80s. There's just cult hit after cult hit everywhere sprinkled out through the 80s. Right. Uh, Rabbit's fucking great. I mean, The Princess Bride, obviously. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, 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 they did touch on that. I was like, do they even touch on that? So, one thing they did not talk about that I'm shocked was... They never talked about Disney at all. Like, I thought for sure they were going to hit on Tron. That's the thing, Jordan. Nobody cares about Tron. I th- but I thought they were going to hit on Tron and how that was so groundbreaking for special effects back in its day. They didn't touch touch on that. Um, they didn't touch on how Disney was kind of in a slump for a while. And then in the late 80s, 1989, I got it pulled up here, The Little Mermaid comes out and it's just a huge hit and just kind of brings them back. They didn't talk yeah. about any of that, which was a little disappointing. That is disappointing, but maybe they're like, I don't know, maybe I don't know, like I'm like, I'm trying to make up like justification but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that I thought you would think, I mean, there's so much movies, you know 
but it's kind of just funny how some stuff that are that was like like when they just blew past uh jet lee movies they're like yeah oh yeah he was awesome and then just not like five just minutes moves right past it yeah um, and i'm like oh okay but i mean it's it's hard because well i'm like yeah i want to see some of this stuff that's important to me it's like well there's just too many movies to talk about every single thing yeah but you would think I, disney would be one of them I st- but i still thought a company like disney they would reflect on that because they were in a little bit of a slump hadn't had any hits for a while they had like fox in the hand which was a major bummer Fuck wasn't, that movie. wasn't a was not a hit at all uh so yeah they were in desperate need of something and the little mermaid saved them and then they were on a good streak for a while because they had little mermaid Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, then Lion King, which was just massive. Uh, and what? And Roger Rabbit. Yeah, that was one I still to this day have never seen before. I've seen Wait, bits you and text, pieces of it. When we were texting, you told me that, and I'm just like, oh my god, I would love to watch Robert Rabbit, Roger Rabbit again. But that's all, I have seen that movie times. Have you? <laughs> I used to. Yeah, that's I used to weird. Love How have I never seen it? I've again clips here and there, but I have never sat down and watched it start to finish. I don't know. Like I said, I've always had an affinity for animation. So especially like something like that, that blends live action and animation and especially with actual like acting, like it was, it was a good time. It like, it, it was loony, but it's great. It looks, it looks like they do a great job at it. Yeah. I think it still holds up. Definitely better than Space Jam, I'd say. Yeah. Space Jam. Come on and slam. Welcome to the jam. Uh, you know Charlie, what? what are the great hits they talk about in the 80s? Um, Did they talk about Jim Henson, like, you know, with the Dark Crystal coming out in the 80s? No, stuff? they didn't talk about that. I don't remember any Jim Henson. Which is always a disappointment, because I do love puppeteering. <laughs> yeah, no, same. I don't know. Like I said, like the, there's so much crazy-ass shit that comes out in the 80s. Like, it's kind of funny to watch, like, a critically acclaimed movie when all I'm like all, literally all I've seen from the 80s is just schlock slash cult classic <laughs> well and I think in the 80s too like critically acclaimed stuff kind of takes a backseat they're still good movies but they kind of take a backseat to everything else going on with all the just great action films I mean you got Die Hard that comes out in the 80s to just all the teen sex comedies of the 80s I mean just so much that came out around there all the John Hughes films, just, you know, t- hits for teenagers that, I don't know, it, it was, talk about a, a good decade. I mean, I, again, I mean, I watched four great films from the decade this last week, and it's just so much fun to go see them, watch them all. Nice. Especially Empire in theaters, just to rub that in a little more. That's fucking awesome. I, I should have invited you. I don't know. I, I didn't think you were ready, though, to see moves in theaters again. I just, I don't like the idea, but you feel like if you had a whole row to yourself and then no row in front of you, no row behind you, I'd be like, yes. Okay. Well, I did. <laughs> was, the row was all mine. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, fuck, dude. Fuck. <laughs> it's like, there's no way of knowing that ahead of time. But when you get there, I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> Well, you had to buy the tickets in advance online. So I bought three tickets in advance to guarantee that I had a row to myself. Oh, really? They they wouldn't allow up to three seats next to you to be sold after that. So So you bought an entire row? Basically, for the price of three tickets. Damn it, Jordan. Yeah, you should have texted me. I would have been like, oh, yes. And you're Uh, like, 
They have a should have. Connor, because he'll be like, yes. <laughs> and we'll give you $10. I'm like, I don't know. I, I, yeah, kind of depressing to go alone. Eh, not really, because I just had a blast. <laughs> it's fucking Star Wars. I watched it alone. I mean, I watched, I, I've started watching it yearly the past few years. I haven't revisited again, which it's getting towards the end of the year, so I probably will. I usually visit it around dis- November, December. Now, now that I've watched uh, New Hope and Empire, I want to go watch Jedi, and then I want to go visit the prequels. I have not watched those in years. Yeah. See, I would like to watch those now, especially seeing the Disney stuff. I'm like, wow. I, Because I, you always hear about how people are like, you know, I guess the prequels weren't that bad. It's like, no, they're, prob- they're still really bad. We just got something worse now. Yeah. At least the first two are definitely bad movies. Yeah, but again, like the third one is just like, I loved it because I was a teenager and it was super edgy. Like the edgiest Star Wars I'd ever fucking seen, you know? So it's just like, oh yeah, fucking rage, Sith power. I don't know. Sith rage, yeah. It's also yeah. definitely when I was playing a lot of Star Wars games too. Yeah, oh, sweet. Uh, I'm trying to think of some more 80s. Back to the 80s here. I don't know. It's, again, one of my favorite decorations. Oh, but, yeah, I mean, some of my favorite movies. I'm just going to list some of my favorite movies that come to mind. You have Empire and Jedi. You've got Back to the Future, Risky Business, Fast Times of Richmond High. All some of my favorites. Uh, I, for whatever reason, of the John Hughes movies, love 16 Candles, which is kind of weird because it's almost like the girlish of them all. But for whatever reason, I love that one. I mean, it's a good movie. It's great. No, I love it. Um, we also got The Goonies. Rain Man. I actually almost watched that the other day, too. Rain Man. I love that movie. E.T. I don't think we talked oh, about yeah. E.T. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about E.T. yet. Huge movie in, what, 1982? Biggest movie of the year? And we mentioned The Lost Boys. That was one uh, the gal I was with last night wanted to watch, but we ended up watching stand by yep. me instead i've still never watched gremlins uh see we're gonna have to do a gremlins episode come close to christmas where we watch both of them and talk and then just do an episode on gremlins because i've never no. seen the i've never seen the sequel oh raging bull still oh yeah like did, wait didn't i make you watch that no we didn't For some reason i thought i made you watch that one we haven't i have not no, because I guess Goodfellas was the first time you saw Joe Pesci actually cuss. Exactly. Oh, Full Metal Jacket, Stanley. We have oh, not. Yes. That, that's a Stanley classic. I, I love that one. And also Platoon came out that same decade. Platoon, yeah, yeah. Oliver Stone. I movie. mean, in Indiana you know, Jones and the Lost Ark. And that, oh, God, yes. One of my favorites. Lot, yeah, how did I forget that one? Yes, love that one. Raiders I the, heard Lost about that. the Karate Kid again, like just Caddyshack. I mean, we have we didn't t- mention the Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, yeah. Like literally, there's just like all of these movies. When you look at like when you look at a list of like best eighty movies, like all of these are just like either cult classics or full blown classics. Yeah, I think we touched a little bit of this on the beginning, but just how Eddie Murphy was in one hit after another. Forty eight hours, then he was in. Beverly Hills Cop, and then he was in Coming to America. I mean, just one after another hit. Uh, and, and also Blade Runner in 82. 
Yes. Because Ridley Scott has showed up in like the past like episodes talking about different movies that influenced him, but we hadn't really gotten to any of his movies until uh, this in the 80s when he makes uh, Blade Runner, I think. Still have never seen Do the Right Thing. Oh, yeah, they they talked about that. Yeah, I still have not watched that myself. They talked about that one. I mean, obviously, Back to the Future, When Harry Met Sally. Like, there's just, like, this is, like, a decade wall-to-wall, which is, like, crazy amounts of hits. Uh, That's, again, like, this is probably the most enjoyable. Like, they've all been fun and interesting in, like, a bunch of movies. But then, like, this this episode is the first episode. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Like, there's so many crazy movies I still haven't seen. And there's so many 80s movies that I love still and watch, like, pretty regularly. But I don't know. It was it was great to see it a decade that I feel I felt like I was familiar with, but realizing, like, oh, there's definitely a lot of aspects in different still genres. Still a lot more. I haven't touched. Yeah, yeah. No, I, felt, I felt the same way. I'm like, I've seen so many movies from the 80s, yet there's still so many more to see. But, exactly. yeah, what a, what a fun decade. And uh and especially we, watching Tootsie with Dustin Hoffman, my first my thought is like, fuck, I gotta watch more Dustin Hoffman movies. Oh yeah, especially, well, especially watching the uh, '70s episode. I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many hits of his that I have not seen yet. That's what I was saying. Like, I kind of got that feel in the '70s episode when they were talking about like showed like little clips of him talking about being a leading man. He's like, I want people to worry about me, worry about my characters and stuff. And then I'm watching Tootsie to see like a complete just like comedy that was pretty great. I mean, I really, I really like this movie. Well, well, let's get into it. Yeah, let's talk some Tootsie. Yeah, that was our pick, movie we picked for the week to talk about. And uh, yeah, so I saw this movie like probably when I was in my early 20s. I remember enjoying it back then. Uh, once again, yeah, I hadn't watched it in years, but I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And yeah, Dustin Hoffman is great. His supporting cast around him is great. Jessica Lang. I mean, all, everybody is just great in this. Jessica Lang, uh, Terry... Gar and uh, Bill Murray, of course, is his roommate. I, th- I had totally forgotten about that, by the way. So when Bill Murray shows up, I was like, "Oh, sweet!" I know. I saw him in the credits, and I'm like, Wait, "What?" And then he's like the the roommate. He, I mean, he like isn't a huge, huge part of the movie, but he's consistent throughout. Mm-hmm. And I really liked his like one one liners, and I, I really I, liked. His he, he was great. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I thought it was such a fun movie, and what what a great concept too. I mean, just far as like um as far as the story goes you got michael thorsey just can't get a job as an actor so what does he do he finds out about this audition and he's like all right they're looking for a part in this soap opera for a a gal to play so like well i'm gonna dress as a gal and see if i get the part and boom sure enough gets it and that and just how he does things like improv he turns the uh that part into like a star and uh yeah just gets himself in this whole pickle (laughs) that's like crap i'm popular now but nobody knows it's me that's popular sorry i'm gonna interject you put in you have uh, your screen sharing with me so i can see like on the imdb Mm -hmm. page like dustin hoffman as michael dorsey so dorothy michaels i'm like I never, I didn't realize until I'm just like looking at him, I'm like, oh, he literally flipped his name. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, that did not 
come to mind at all the entire movie. (laughs) As instead of Michael Dorsey, it's Dorothy Michaels. I'm so fucking stupid. (laughs) Okay, it's okay. Well, well, so what are your thoughts on it? It sounds like you liked it. Okay, so yeah, I really liked it. Like I said, like a lot of the 70s episode was talking about like his more, like some dramatic roles and stuff that I'd never seen him in. So when you're like Tootsie with Dustin Hoffman, I'm like, yeah, that would be great. And then watching this as like such a weird but super fun comedy, which not gonna lie, like I feel like this is all like pretty much in my eyes, like it's a perfect comedy because mm-hmm. like it has smart writing, like the situations that you're put in are hilarious. And seeing like the awkward steps and think just thinking about it in like a, like almost like a real sense, like, oh man, this is kind of fucked up, but in a hilarious way since it's a movie. Well, and so the director too, Sidney uh, uh, Pollock, what he has them do is, uh, he told all the actors, play the role straight, you know, you just play like a serious role and just because of the circumstances around it, it's just going to be funny. Exactly. But then, okay, but in the context of he gets a job on a soap opera and the, like, essentially, I'm not going to say it right now, but like the crescendo of the film when everything like happens and comes together, I'm like, that is amazing how they incorporated the comeuppance and like the reveals and stuff directly into the soap opera aspect in such an amazing way. Mm-hmm. I fucking loved that so much. It just, it made, like, I was already enjoying the movie, but, like, that ending, like, the, like, pretty much close to end, like, the big, like, moment in the movie, it just killed it. Oh, it, oh totally. No, that, that ending is probably one of the best. I mean, I just, I just love it so much. Um, one thing I forgot about from the 20s, Gina Davis is in the movie. Very small part, but Gina Davis is in it. This was her first screen credit. Oh, cool. She was 25 or 6 at the time, and yeah, goes on to definitely good things. I mean, as we'll see in the 90s, Stuart Little, <laughs> as well as Thelma Louise. <laughs> I, kinda, I forgot about Stuart Little. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, God, there's just so many great moments in this movie. I, I love, um, you know, he, so he's, fall, he, he's got this gal, Sandy, that he's been friends with for a while. And the, one of the scenes that cracked me up the most is when she's in the shower and he's looking through her wardrobe. See, you know, this is after he's um, already turned into Dorothy. He's looking through her wardrobe and he sees the dress like, huh, let's see what, uh, maybe this is something Dorothy might want to wear. So I'm going to try it on. He strips down his underpants right when she comes out of the shower. And she's like, what, what are you doing? He's like, I, I, I want you, Sandy. Yeah, there, I said it. I've been wanting this for a while. And then cut two, they have, they're done with sex. Yeah, I, well, I like how he waddles over with his pants around his ankles. It's so funny. And I'm just like, okay, instead of revealing, I'm like, how else are you going to play that off? Yeah. Like, like uh, it just, it's for a part for a movie. I want to try a dress on for a part. Yeah, like you could, but at the same time, it's just like, it. It was just hilarious. Then, like, he's just like, okay, well, this, I'll just tell her this, like, in the spur of the moment, and then they have sex, and that that becomes a huge complication during the movie of just like, well, she thinks you like her, and you just feel guilty, essentially, 
Like, you, like he's essentially like I don't want to lead her on, but that's all he's doing because he's like I'm bit I'm too. He gets so fully encompassed in playing Dorothy, like inside the like office and outside of work. Since like essentially he's playing a completely different person, not even a character. Yeah, he's like I'm starting to like this Julie girl, and ah, uh, yeah. I, some of my favorite parts are when he dresses Dorothy and he'll suddenly switch back to Michael's voice. Like yeah. when he's uh, with the, uh, his agent in the Maybe? restaurant. That oh. is hilarious. Yeah. Or when he's just like doing small stuff like, taxi, taxi, taxi. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Mrs. Doubtfire at that point. And I bet anything that I'd never realized that this is, might be a huge influence on Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, for sure, which is another great movie, but <laughs> the one of my favorite parts of Doubtfire, real quick, is when uh, the guy's walking by him on the street and tries to mug in the purse, and in a, you know, he's, you know, and Doubtfire's a really old lady, all of a sudden you hear this big man voice, back off, asshole! <laughs> Beat it! And the guy's just like, the hell? <laughs> yeah, no, that's still great, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, what What are you saying, like, when he's, like, in the role of Dorothy, like, that's most of the movie, but, like, when he is babysitting. That was good. Um, that was great when he's just, like, oh, fuck you, you're such a little asshole, you know, like, kind of, like, getting pissed off at the kid for just throwing stuff in his hair and all that stuff, and then just comes back. How was she? She was an angel. <laughs> just a little angel. Yeah. Uh, so good. <laughs> Uh, the uh, weekend getaway was quote her name. Oh, was that no? Less was the guy in the soap opera, right? Or no, was that Les her was dad? Less was her dad. The scenes with him were hilarious. I couldn't like, help but just feel bad for the guy. I'm like, oh no, you're just falling in love with a fraud. You poor man. You poor lonely man. Poor lonely man. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but like. I Shiloh was next to me while I was watching, like not necessarily paying attention, but I was just like, I was just like gasping when, you know, like things are starting, like this is like towards the third act when things are starting to hit the fan. And Julie, I think her name was, thinks that Dorothy's a lesbian, you know, yeah. she's like, we gotta let my dad down easy. And he's like, uh, uh, and then he goes to meet him at dinner and then he proposes i'm just like oh fuck. <laughs> i'm like you, you don't expect that because like he obviously has a crush on her but they only met on a weekend like a week ago or something or a couple weeks yeah, yeah. but i still wasn't expecting that he's like i know it's a little rush but i'm like oh my god <laughs> so great and also one of my favorite like a couple of my favorite moments is when he's talking with uh Sandy, I think her name is, like the friend that he pretended to like have feelings for and slept with. Mm -hmm. Um, when she's talking to him about the role that she didn't get, she's like, Did you see who they gave it to? Like, she looks like a cow. She's so fat and just talking shit. And I just love how he like genuinely gets hurt and kind of offended when people are talking shit about Dorothy. Yeah. He's just like, What do you mean fat? What are you talking about? What do you mean fat? Or like when she was like, I followed you to your apartment. I saw this fat cow walk in. And he's like, what do you mean? Fat, what are you talking about? 
That was good. And now I, I like I love the scene when uh, he gets home and she's pounding at the door. Uh, hold on, I'm at the shower. I got soap in my eyes. Hold on, hold I on. I got soap. Oh, uh, hang on. I was like, I got soap in my eyes. <laughs> so good. I know there were just so many laugh out loud moments. Like this was wall to wall. Like a, like again, a perfect comedy. Like the plot was great. Everything that happens in between A and B is great. The comedy's on point, and then when it all comes together at the end, it just like lands so well. The the reveal is just amazing. I think everybody's Especially... watching the TV, and when he reveals who he who he really is on just... live tv in a soap opera in such a soap i mean especially i mean in the 80s this was obviously already like soap operas were already played out but like we're looking at this from like 2020 40 years after essentially yeah and soap operas are even more played out so just watching them i can't believe they're still a thing anymore i really don't they're just cheap and people still watch them who that's my question who watches these things grandparents I don't know. Alcoholics. I don't know. Alcoholics. Everybody's supposed to be at work. I don't know. But like, again, being so much more farther removed and knowing a lot of tropes are just like, well, twist because twist's sake, essentially. And just doing it in such a way that everybody even on set was just like, holy fuck, holy fuck. And I love the producer lady. It's just like, well, I'll be damned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it just, it lands so hard. And I was telling, I was talking to Gavin about it. I'm like, you should watch it. It's really good. And like I said, like it nails it. No, I should. It's definitely a classic. It's crazy that it didn't win Best Picture. Uh, I think it only got one Oscar, which was for Jessica Lange's role playing Julie. But other than that, yeah, it had several nominations, but didn't didn't win anything else. But it's on the AFI Top 100 list, though. I know, just knocking them off left and light, left and right right now. It's great. Yeah, it's crazy. For the longest time, the only movie I'd seen Dustin Hoffman in was Hook. And Rain Man. And Rain Man, but but even as a but as a kid, I, the longest time. I mean, like up until my twenties, the only thing I'd ever seen Dustin Hoffman in was Hook, which is great in that role. <laughs> which is kind of funny because uh, Robin Williams was in a movie where he dressed in drag. So is Dustin Hoffman. And then they come together and they're in a movie together. You know, and one, of them, and one, of, one of them is wearing tights. <laughs> After you said that, I never fucking realized that Dost- Dustin Hoffman was Hook. Really? It never crossed. I haven't watched that movie in years. And when I watched it as a kid, didn't know who Dustin Hoffman was. No. You know? Yeah. He's he Captain any James Hook. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow, that just blew my mind. I'm like, I literally looked up. I'm like, well, who's Dustin Hoffman and Hook? Hook. And I'm like, oh my god, Captain Hook. Yep, that's awesome. I had no idea. I mean, he looks nothing like him. I mean, look at that. No, he looks nothing like. Like he has a he, similar he look when he's, even though he's playing different characters, but in the, he just does not look the same at all. He, cha- he changes his voice too. Yeah. Yeah, that but, voice yeah. is like completely different. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, Tootsie just like, I, I loved it. I would recommend this to anybody. It's definitely worth checking out. No, I, I, I think it's a great movie. Uh, so, so fun to just watch all these movies this last week. I'm glad I got an opportunity to. Again, got to see a classic on the big screen. 
Got to see a couple of movies I hadn't seen in a long, long time that were ended up being better than I remember, and then to see a, a one for the first time, awesome. I mean, the '80s were just a great, great decade. And yeah, if you haven't seen Rain Man with him, you got to see Rain Man. Oh, I've seen it, but I like after you asked me about it, I'm like I hadn't seen it. We watched it in high school psychology for some reason. We watched the whole thing unedited, you know. So I got the full version, but I'm like, I need to sit down and watch it again. Cause it's oh, yeah, been- watch it again. And I, again, and watching it, like, again, watching, like, the movies, I'm like, yeah, I definitely want to see The, the Graduate, you know, and a bunch of other, like, there's more Dustin Hoffman movies. I'm like, I got to see way more of what he's done. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen Straw Dogs, Marathon Man. I hear that's a good one. Kramer versus Kramer with Meryl Streep and him. Yeah. They play a fighting couple. Midnight Cowboy, with I think it's was it John Boyd that's in that movie. Yeah, never seen that. So yeah, I got I got some catching up to do with Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Spear. Oh yeah, I've seen Spear. That was not that good. Oh yeah, Finding Neverland. So I've seen a lot of his, like Finding Neverland, Meet the Fockers, which loved him in that movie. He and Barbara Streisand were the best parts of that movie. Meet the Fockers? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that in a really long time. Oh, yeah. Stranger Than Fiction, too. Yeah, he's still doing, still doing oh, good yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, he plays a the therapist in that movie. Yep. Well, anything else you want to talk, say regarding Tootsie or the 80s? I mean, the 80s, again, great. Way more movies. Like, I've... Again, realizing when watching this, I've only touched a few certain parts of the 80s. Like, I've only touched a few genres, and there's so much more that I have just completely, like, is completely unknown to me right now. But then this, and Tootsie, didn't expect to love this movie, but fucking loved this movie. I had a blast watching it. It was so much fun. The comedy was great. It It was great. Yeah, there's there's so much more I want to dive into with the '80s and go see that I've just missed out on. I just I don't know. It's just I don't even know. Like I'd like to go see the the Police Academy movies, at least a couple of them. I still have never seen Meatballs with Bill Murray, and there's there's a couple of Bill Murray movies I've never seen. Um, yeah, mostly comedies that I want to seek out, but even action films of the day would be fun too, and some horror. Oh yeah. But yeah, what a good decade. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Well. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Yeah, we'll be back next week talking about some 90s films. This is where Jordan's seen all of them. Maybe. We'll see. Well, let's just say we kick off the decade with one of my all-time favorites. Oh, yeah. 1990s Home Alone. That's true. Jordan's all-time. Probably your most watched movie, if not right up there. Daniel, where can they find us? You can find us online on movies underscore Bruce on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you think about the eighties, what movies you love, what cult classics you love, what, you know, like what like legit classics you love. Just like eighties. Like I said, it's just wall to wall with great movies. And it's like such a fun decade of movies. What what gratuitous comedies did you fall in love with? Because that was the only way for you to see titties back in the day. Let us know. There you go. <laughs> Definitely a war game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Thanks, everybody, for downloading the show. If you like it, share it with others. And we'll talk to you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers. Cheers.